This is entitled Weekend. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Entitled Weekend. Uh, we're back by popular or, in some cases, unpopular demand, depending on who you ask. You know who you are. Um, but we are back. It's been a while, guys. And we're just coming off of the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad draft that was the 2022 NFL draft for the Patriots. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but this draft, to me, seems like Bill Belichick is giving it up. I mean... Look at the guys he's drafted. I mean, they're they all suck. I mean, what, what are we? Why are we even podcasting right now? Like, they all suck. That's the end of the show, right? Yeah. Roll credits. Mel Kiper said we had the worst draft, and Mel Kiper historically has never been wrong in the history of ever. Um, so we know that to be the case. And even if the players are good, the draft was still bad. Much like this podcast will be bad because we didn't do it two days later. If we had just done, if we had waited three days and done this podcast, would be great, great value for everybody involved. But because we did it today, one day after the draft, absolutely horrendous. But but actually, that's not true, Bill. Because um, everybody else gets great value. No, the Titans got great value for drafting a wide receiver in I think what was it the fourth round, fifth round. But uh, yeah, that's great value. But you know the Patriots, they were what they were doing is they were creating, they were filling a hole that they created themselves. OK, they were filling a hole that they created. I mean, it's not that you're that you're filling the hole is you did it. So now you have to do it. So that, that's basically where that comes from. But I mean, I'm <laughs> excited to see them pair that with A.J. Brown. Oh, wait, what? What wait, happened? Wait, wait, hearing, hearing in my hearing in my ear that, <laughs> that 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 there was there was some sort of transaction related to A.J. Brown. Well, let's just also say A.J. Brown probably value wise is more valuable than Shaq Mason. I'll probably say that. So I would agree. <laughs> it's a, it's an no, even bigger. Uh-oh. Dan, yep. what are you what are you doing? Shaq Mason is the greatest uh, guard that's ever played in the history of anything ever. I don't understand why you're dissing Shaq Mason because you know he was traded. He was traded for a bag of beans. Okay, well, what are you what are you doing trading a, this, the Hall of Fame guard for a bag of beans? I mean, it, it's it's not ridiculous at all to say that he's a 25 at start of next season. He turns 25 in June. He's a 25 year old wide receiver versus a 28 turning 29 year old guard who's already making eight million a year. Where you did have to sign him to a long term deal, but you're signing him to a five year deal through age 30, as opposed to Shaq Mason, who's already closing in on 30 and making eight million dollars a year. Okay, well let, let's let's back up just a little. Oh, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, no, and just going off on that, I know that everyone's freaking out that we traded away Shaq Mason and and, and immediately drafted a guard. Um, and people are asking why, like, what the hell's going on here? I think that the guy they drafted, obviously, joking aside, I think he's going to be a day one starter for you, and he's going to be cheap offensive lineman, um, a position that historically has been really important for Patriots success going from Logan Mankings, uh, Joe Tooney, Shaq Mason, um, day one starter cheap for five years. So you get that five-year contract for, for a round one pick. So joking aside, I think he's going to be beneficial for the Patriots moving forward, but that's just me being, being a honk. So I'll, I'll let you guys continue. Well, before, on that. Before, before we, before we uh, 
even do anything. We, we don't want to be uh, 98.5 here. We don't want to be calling him the player. Uh, let's call him what his name is, Cole Strange. And, you know, I know there, there were so many uh, uh, Cole Strange jokes. And by the way, this episode title is going to be Cole Strange in the multitude of, uh, in the multiverse of maddening picks, because that's what this draft was. It was a, a whole bu- a whole smorgasbord of bad picks, according to everyone you ask on Twitter. So before we get into that, uh, let's talk about Cole Strange and just the reaction from everyone about him. Uh, nobody knew anything about him, first of all. So if and not, none of us knew anything about him, I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I sp- I'm speaking for the four, three of us, or the four of us, but I, 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 don't, I don't think we really knew a lot about him. And none of the media people knew anything about him either, but they're trying to pretend that they did just so that they can say it's a bad pick. And this, and this is going to be a resounding theme throughout this uh, topic here because all of these picks, <laughs> the media did no research on, but it's Bill Belichick's fault that it, the draft is terrible because these are not players that you know. These are not I heard of him's caller. Well, we don't. It, it's, it's the classic chicken and the egg situation. What people fail to... F- think about when they're talking about how these drafts are assessed is that there's a huge confirmation bias. If Mel Kuyper puts months into developing a big board and PFF puts months into developing a big board and McShay puts months and so on and so forth, and people go against their grain, if they then rate that a good draft, what they're saying is going against my big board was a good thing. And that's not good for business. They're of course going to say, if somebody is not rated highly on their big board, it's a target that was moving up, but maybe didn't move up as far as they had thought, you know, moved up farther than they thought it would. They're going to call it, you know, too far of a reach. They're going to say it was too aggressive too soon. They could have got this player later and no one ever knows. No one thought Johnson was going to be there at 26 or whatever for the jets. No one thought that Dean was going to fall to the third round for the Eagles. There's, there's just, this was a historically terrible year for those big boards and people aren't taking that into account because they just want the easy low hanging fruit of her to him. Oh, Patriots draft some, some random, I almost said some stranger ironically, um, but some, (laughs) some rando um, and that, you know, the person that wasn't on Mel Kuyper's top 30 and therefore it's a terrible draft pick. And what, what gets me really about Cole strange is, and from what I've read from, everything that i've seen he's a day one starter so that is a need filled quote unquote and so if if and the great thing about it is and ben volan who i'm sure we'll get into later with with his his asinine idiocy as oh we will as per usual um he had the most i would say one of the most egregious takes of the weekend regarding cold strains that you know, if he turns out to be a Hall of Fame player, it was still a bad pick. <laughs> you know, even so, a Hall of Fame player usually is one of as a player who uh, makes a difference on a football team or, um, for one reason or another. So, but I, but I guess it still makes them a bad pick. You know, I guess when you eat, when you eat pace, that's the that's one of your brainwaves. <laughs> And the audacity of, of, of putting that Globe article behind a paywall is just is just chef's kiss. How perfect 
perfect the globe is. And I think he plugged that article in that take about four times within like 12 hours. So you oh, yeah. can tell the interactions were. It was between the night, the night of the draft and throughout the whole next morning. He just kept posting it and saying the same thing in different ways. Like this would get new people to click on it. Um, that ha- for some reason it's, he's just going for people who didn't take the time to just watch the 30 second video clip and not be able to form their own thoughts and just think like, Oh, like Sean McVay just outright laughed at Bill Belichick and said, what an old crock is basically what his, his synopsis is of uh, that video clip, which I mean, was not the case at all. Yeah. I mean, McVay thinking that the, takes that were developed out of that were so egregious that he had to call strange and belichick is ridiculous and un- ridiculous. honestly un- unfair to yep. mcveigh yeah unfair he to mcveigh and he did yeah he didn't have to apologize at all if you had no half no. a brain you would say oh wow he's just amazed at how like probably his board may be off and knew and he had admitted we were never going to get him in the first place because they knew he wasn't going to be there at 104 which is a third round pick uh Andy Hart, who doesn't believe it's a third round pick, he believes it's a glorified fourth round pick, whatever you want to believe. But anyways, <laughs> he doesn't think he'll be there by the third round. But um, I just wanted to mention to you guys because I, I just was looking for it. Ben Volan actually deleted the tweet that I was going to reference here where he immediately his reaction to the strange draft pick was he listed all the people who graded him a third or a fourth rounder. Um, he deleted that pick because one of the guys he referenced that morning mocked him as a second round pick and Ben Bowen deleted the tweet. Cause he knew it, he just, he got caught with, with the receipts. So was that, um, that just, um, was that a Lance Zerline who uh, I believe had the uh, yes, comment yeah. under his feet? Yep. Yeah. So as soon as he commented on that same thread, because a couple guys, we, some mutuals, we all know decided to, you know, kind of go in on it. Um, he said, well, guys, I, I did mock him as a second round because the draft board continues to move up into the point of the picks happening. That Correct. is why, and this goes back to what Bill was saying. This goes back to what all you guys have been saying is you as a guy who does mock drafts on the same website, a million other bozos have that all are completely off because just because you watch college football and eh, no one gives a shit just because you watch ESPN all the time. And no one gives a shit. You don't know because these guys are paid professionally to not only scout these players, but also have connections within the front offices to know what other teams are thinking. They have relationships and friends that no one from the media, no one from these PFF or pro football networks, whatever, have access to that will tell them, yeah, you know, initially he was a third or a fourth, but lately we've been looking at big boards uh, from other teams and it, it sounds like he's, he's rising up and he won't be there by 54. That's exactly what probably happened. And they got information, whether it was from an ally in another front office, like the Texans, it was information from another agent. It was information from another scout that told them that, Hey, like this team coming up in 10 picks, they're probably going to take them. So you have to move on them now because he's not mm-hmm. going to be there by the time you you use your second round pick. That's exactly the logical conversation that takes place, but everyone is so frustrated to all your guys' point because number 1, they didn't have the knowledge to have him there. Number 2, this is more of oh, the Patriots getting cute. And number 3, you're just mad because you don't have the same info access because you're tapped out. You have all the access you can get at that point because you're not a paid NFL scout or front office person 
You just don't have that information. So what do you do? You mock it. You make fun mm-hmm. of it or you just to make yourself feel better to say, no, no, I can't be wrong. It, it's sort of like the dad that is lost and won't admit that he's lost. And won't you have someone, yeah. And you have someone who is a navigator professionally and they know exactly how to get there and no one believes them. That It's like the same comparison in that way that someone knows exactly what they're doing because it's their paid professional job and they have connections you have no access to versus some guy just trying to guess it and mm-hmm. refusing to do the extra work to know what you're talking about. And, and going off what you said there about not asking for directions, I think it's a, it's a, it's a false sense of a false sense of entitlement and pride, kind of like the father who won't ask for directions. That's it's kind of what you get with 98.5 listeners here. I get, I get the sense that most casual fans take everything that 98.5 says as gospel. They take it as gospel, which, which is fine. I'm not going to sit here and admit that I know absolutely everything about football. I, I played football for three weeks of my life. I've never put on a helmet more than three times. So I'm not going to sit here and admit that we should have taken to Kobe Dean. We should have traded up for Jamison Williams. It's, I think a lot of what the draft does to people is we haven't, we haven't had football for what now, two and a half months since the Super Bowl. And we haven't had Patriots football for three months. Hey, wait people a minute, wait overly... a minute, Joe. We, we have USFL. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I miss the XFL. I'm a, I'm a Seattle Dragons fan. Let me, and also, let me more and also the loss. season, the season, next season's already been figured out. We already know who's going to win. It's April. You have to know all that by April of the season. Oh, the Bills are winning, the Bills are winning 10 Super Bowls, if, if, in case you haven't heard. <laughs> It just people get people get so excited for 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 Thursday night and they get so wrapped up to into it and, and myself included I was I was fucking pumped for for the draft as as any as any Patriots fan would but people get so wrapped up into it and they buy into these narratives and they listen to 98.5 for 20 hours a week and they and they get their brain conditioned to think it's one way or the highway and the minute that Belichick does it different than they thought it's it's all right time to dunk on him he's nothing without Brady and it's I think we were talking about it earlier before the podcast started and how the Ravens everyone everyone loves the Ravens and how they draft and it's like put it in perspective they traded away their their number one wide receiver which is a position of need for them and they drafted an offensive lineman in the first round could you imagine if that had happened here could you imagine if we had if we had Marquise Brown or even AJ Brown and we we traded him away because we didn't want to pay him and then in the meantime we we drafted oh, Bill, would, Bill would get killed. Bill would oh, get murdered. killed. He just got killed for not wanting to pay the next deal for Shaq Mason and everyone right. like everyone's just like to your point Joe everyone's just parroting. They're like, "Well, it's such a good a team-friendly deal. You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. You don't even I mean, know how the cap works." You're just mimicking and, and parroting whatever you hear from these bozos have no idea what they're talking about. Right. If, you know, when you get a chance to pay a 30-year-old guard a big contract, you do it. Like that, you you absolutely jump at the opportunity to pay a 30-year-old yeah. guard as opposed to getting a 24-year-old guard in a contract. And I think that like the broken brains that are going on here, it's you're seeing some reprieve from it with the second round pick with Tyquan Thornton because we leapfrogged the Steelers. And people have this impression of the Steelers as the wide receiver draft gods. And like, well, if they had to jump the Steelers and then all four of those picks with the Colts, the Steelers, the Pats and the Chiefs were all wide receivers. It's like, well, they clearly think that the Steelers were going to draft Tyquan Thornton. And if that's the case, well, then, you know, they got somebody good. And it's like, you're not hearing as much heat there. You're still getting some, but it's definitely more tempered because of who they jumped, which again, is such a lack of understanding of how the process works. And if you're giving them credit for knowing that, 
then why aren't you giving them credit for knowing when Cole Strange might have gone? And none of us are sitting here and saying that Cole Strange going at 29 is the max that they, they could that they could not have possibly gotten him at 33 or they could not have possibly gotten him at 37. The issue is, could they have traded back again? Was there a team to do business with? And at what point would somebody trade up in front of them mm-hmm. to get Cole Strange? If you love a player, you go and get them. If you love a player at, you know, at, and you say, you know what, we'd love to trade back to 33, 34, but we think he's gone by 40. And we don't want to give anybody a chance to trade in front of us because we assume teams know we like him. So we're going to go ahead and stay at 29 and take this player rather than trying to take a low value trade back deal, or we have no trade back options. And this is the highest rated player on our board. Do we want to say he might've been a little bit of an over of a reach or an overdraft? Sure. But there's nothing wrong with that. When you love the player reach is not bad. Now reach is not bad. I feel like what we're talking about here is, you know, the Johnny Depp trial and the mega reach, the mega pint. And it's, that's not what this, you know, we're, he's not, he wasn't going to be there in 60 picks. He wasn't going to be there in 25 picks. So what you're saying is, is identifying the right player better? The player that is going to best fit your scheme and system and the player that you guys love? Is that more important than trying to maneuver the draft board to look clever and to make it, oh, well, we drafted him in the second round and he was a second or third round, you know, mock draft pick or is it more important you know or is it more important to get that guy and i think we'd all agree we want them to be loving the players they're getting and they clearly love Cole Strange you can you can feel how you want about the pick the patriots clearly love Cole Strange yeah and that and that's that's what matters if the patriots love loved Cole Strange enough to do what they did to get him that's that's all that matters it doesn't matter Absolutely. how you feel about the pick I mean, you can feel, yeah, you can feel however you want, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. I hate the phrase at the end of the day, but that's who they picked. And uh, and I'm going to go back to two um, points that you guys brought up. The first one about the Ravens. It, every year we hear how great they are at draft weekend. Like all these media people bow at their feet at how great they are. You know, oh my God, Ozzy Newsome. I don't even know if he's a GM still there. Uh, oh my God, all the, all the, they're the drafting experts. Like they're the number one people, like literally every year. But I mean, did we hear anything about 2019, for example? And shout out to um, at RP3's views. Um, he tweeted this uh, picture of the 2019 draft class. Ben Powers, do we know who that is? Dalen Mack, pick number 160. Trace McSorley. Uh, who, who Jalen, like these people who they, like do, do the Ravens get any heat for any of these picks? Yes, they, they, pick, they picked Hollywood Brown, who they just traded, by the way. But, yep. you know, Mina Kimes they, oh, and, and uh, uh, Evan Lazar. They're so good at this. Oh my God. They're so good. Universally praised. But, and I think the reason why they're universally praised is because they draft similarly to how these quote unquote experts would draft. They're, they're, they're not, they're not a, uh, I guess if, if that, if you, if you go by the Bible to what they do, then you're great. But if you don't like Bill Belichick doesn't and hasn't ever, then, you know, you're all your picks are terrible. And also I want to go back to the McVeigh story because I want to go deeper into this. Um, in, in the clip that, and Joe, you were posting like crazy in our thread on Thursday, <laughs> uh, all the draft picks, which I appreciate because I, I work late. So I, I, I couldn't watch the draft on Thursday, but 
uh, when that McVay video initially came out, and I believe the initial tweeter was Andrew Siliano, you know, ear boy, um, tweeted, he did, and he said, and his caption was, this is hilarious. Of course, with no, with no context, just this is hilarious, McVay, blah, 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 about the thing. And the clip is shown of him laughing. But the way it's been phrased is he's laughing at the Patriots for picking Cole Strange. And not what, you know, we all g- gathered and not what people who don't have confirmation bias and don't have access to grind against Bill Belichick. W- we all figured that figured out that he wasn't laughing at the Patriots because he would never do that. He, this, this is a guy who practically couldn't wait to race to Bill Belichick during Super Bowl 53 and say how gr- great it is to meet him. So that's the same guy you're going to who's going to go on Twitch or wherever they were doing and, and diss him. No, but. I want to play a clip for you guys that I don't even think you guys are aware of. Um, it was just posted by um, my sports update. And it says, everyone saw Sean McVay's reaction to the Patriots selecting Cole Strange. What people missed is Les Snead talking about what makes Cole Strange great and why they liked him so much. So I'm going to play that for you right now. Oh, my UT Chattanooga to the first round. Hey, where is – how about that? And we wasted our time watching him thinking he'd be at 104 hey. maybe. <laughs> Do we have anybody in the room who recruited Cole Strange? Raise their hand. Okay, there we go. That's no, awesome. This is what's get, fun here. This is closer to our pick is usually when things – You know what's awesome about yeah. Cole Strange? UT Chattanooga, what jumped off the screen is when he takes a first step, this is about as quick a first step as an offensive lineman can take. And I love that. And 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 from his interviews that he's done since he's gotten picked, uh, they said he's tough, he's gritty, and that's what I love. Like Logan Mankins all the way in those type of characteristics. So um, if we can add that on day one for the Patriots, um, Yes, I'll, I will take that a, a thousand times. Um, so, but and I just wanted to jump in there too, okay. like about what what you know Sean was saying about his own team. He also said later that he was laughing. He was he was poking fun at his own GM for not being more on the radar about Strange. I guess they had some joking about how they were really into him and said he he would probably not be there by one oh four, and they didn't believe that. And he was right, Sean McVay, saying he probably wouldn't be there by 104 because he thinks he was going to go in the first or second round. Um, the other thing that people haven't seen about Cole Strange, and, and this is just me after the fact, I did not see that coming either. I'm not going to even say that. Um, <clears throat> very few people can say that they, if any. Um, his RAS score or relative athletic score um, was 9.95. It's the seventh highest uh, guard score of that kind in 35 years. Um, so this isn't just like a fluky reach, like everyone wants to call it, but, you know, like I, I, I think of the way people are using the term reach, like Bill was saying, sort of like how people use the term tanking in a season. Like I think of the 2020 Patriot season when we were at that point, I think it was like, <laughs> it was like, we were seven, we were seven and eight or something like that. And people were like, we need to tank the rest of the season. I was like, that's not how it works. You can't tank a season when you're already close to 500 (laughs) 
you would what are you tanking for like one extra spot you're not going to get the top five so it's the same thing here it's like you're not reaching just because you valued them more and the and the range of picks they could have gone is is like 20 okay so they would have been gone by the time that they picked so that's not a reach it's it's just being smart and you are you know, and I, I think about last year and the way everyone said like that was a home run. Well, we didn't say that was a no one said that was a home run until the season started and they started seeing Barmore play and they started seeing Stevenson play and Mac Jones play. And then they were like, oh, yeah, it's a home run. So it's like to, you know, what Bill was saying, too, is like, let's let's have these knee jerk reactions now. But I think the view on this draft is going to get better and better and better as we actually see them play. And the last thing I'll say about Cole Strange that I thought was fascinating was like digging up about him was he was a tight end that they made, you know, make weight. And I know a lot of guys like this when I used to play that was in that position that that's a hard thing to come to terms with. A lot of guys don't want to do that. It's grueling to put on good weight at a position where you were catching before, but that just shows how athletic I think he is, is like he moved from that position to, he can play multiple positions on the line. He's not a center by heart, but I think eventually he could be at some point. Um, but the guy is super strong. He, to me, he, he seems like it's almost like Nate Solder ish too. not just Logan Mankins with the mean streak, but the athleticism, Nate Solder was a tight end too that moved to tackle. So I, I think about that and, and just the fact that he just reminds me of Joe Tooney a ton. And, and I think, uh, and I, I was trying to dig up this quote, before we got on the pod was someone before this all started before Mason was even traded. I think someone said, we got to do something about this offensive line. And I forget what, who from the media it was. I want to say it was um, Perillo. Maybe he said, it's an aging offensive line. You need to get younger. Why isn't anyone talking about that now that they're keeping a young core around your young rookie QB. If that's going to be your franchise guy. And I think that's a, Another thing that the media doesn't want to admit is that Mac is your franchise guy. I think that people want to continue to believe that he's just a four-year, five-year answer, and he's not the long-term solution because a lot of people don't want him to be good, you know, the Jack Jones line. So they don't like these moves that are cementing that, I think. like So the more they're adding to this offense, they're saying, Mac Jones is our guy. We're building around him. And that's exactly what they're doing here. And you can say Mason was your guy, but they have more years, more money. He's a he might be a better athlete altogether. Um, so I, I love the pick because I'm I'm offensive lineman. Obviously, make make football thick again. So I'm super biased and I'm a honk and all that. So whoever's listening or hate listening, um, yes, that's me. But um, you know, I, I I like the the draft overall. You know, as, as they did it, and we can talk more about the other picks. But I. I I love the Thornton pick. Um, there were some picks I actually just did not like, um, but I'll come around to them. And honestly, like talking about a simpleton watching the gr- draft, I was like, why aren't they drafting the Kobe Dean? Like, why aren't they going for him? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, didn't even realize the guy had like, you know, a bad shoulder, a bad pack, whatever. Uh, and that's why he was dropped. So that's what I mean. Like, we're not the professionals. I'm not going to say anything. And you didn't find that than, out until, yeah. until uh, what, Friday night? So, that thing information comes out and exactly so, and so they have that information I, way ahead of time or they're the day of they've already the big boards are already different than they looked the day before because they're they, way more fluid 
and they have that info and Mel Kuyper doesn't. And they're talking, you know, they're talking about all of that. Like that's the, that's the issue with the whole draft board thing is they have this medical intel. And here's the thing. If teams know that they're not going to outwardly tell other teams, they're going to, because what they want them to do is draft the person that has a bad pack in the first or second round. They want that so that a player they want and don't have the medical concerns about will fall to them. They want them to take that player earlier. And Nicobe Dean, I'm sure he's going to be great. Like if he has to red shirt, he has to red shirt. He's a talented player. I'm sure he's going to have a good career. Don't get me wrong, but they, clearly teams had a grade on him in terms of the draft based on medical history. And if they all knew it, they were all waiting. And it sounds like all the teams knew, but all the draft experts didn't. And you had the lamenting of the ESPN draft crew there. How is N'Kobe Dean falling? Why is this possible? I I mean, to that point, Bill, Adam Schefter didn't even know. And Adam Schefter knows everything. So Mm -hmm. it's like, if he didn't even know that till probably five to six hours after everyone else already knew it, that worked on these teams, that just shows you, how limited the access is not just to Adam Schefter, who is supposed to have all the access, but to you as a fan that is doubting what this team is doing. They already know more than you. They know way right. more than you. They, and if and, they, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, if they know, you know, if they know all this info and you don't, then you have to say, what do they know about Cole Strange that Mel Kuyper didn't? What do they know about Tyquan Thornton that Mel Kuyper didn't? And in those instances, those are the moments we have to go, maybe they did know more. And again, feel how you want to feel about these picks. But the Patriots mm-hmm. love those players. I will continue to say that. And I'd always want any head coach. This isn't even a Belichick thing. If I was a fan of the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell, that you know ridiculous guy, I would want him to love the players he's bringing in. If you're bringing in players you don't love, you're not going to be successful with them as a head coach. It's just not the way no. it works. No, it, it's got to be about team fit. It's got to be, and, and this, and we can, I can rant forever on this, but also to go back to the Pro Bowls and the All Pros and people being mad that you know Bill hasn't Bill hasn't drafted that many All Pros in his career, which is ludicrous. But also, that's not how Patriots teams have ever worked. Why is this new information? It, He's about guys being a part of a team. It doesn't mean you're going to stand out and be an all pro number one. And number two, there's, as there is a bias about everything the Patriots do, the draft free agency, there is a bias about the players when it comes to voting for that stuff. There have been plenty of times when guys like Brady should have been MVP. Bill should have been coach of the year, but now in retrospect, we're like, Oh yeah, duh. But at the time they were getting no, you know, fan favor from, from anybody. So it, it's funny that this is all so easy to do, like Monday morning quarterback style, but also even then you guys, like, you guys didn't do it. You had the opportunity to. And, 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 and just the other – go back to my uh, analogy at the beginning with the dad being lost thing. I almost put it like – remember back in the day when people used to print out their directions on like MapQuest and stuff like that and, or go to like – my parents used to go to like AAA – triple a's website and print out their directions this is what it's like to me is like everyone printed out the directions the night before and then the next day the patriots are using gps and they realize oh oh, we got to go this way instead because this there's an accident up ahead this isn't this isn't the player we should be choosing we need to go this way instead and things are fluid versus the person that printed out their directions and are sitting 
somewhere for an hour because they're not using real time information. So that that's to me, this is more what it's like is like everyone just like made their assumptions off of old mock drafts. And, and the other thing that happens between the scouting and the combines and all these mock drafts, people get bored, number one. So they start playing around with mock drafts to they, they move stock. People's names are going up and down just because they can. They're saying, oh, I found this interesting. I found it. But all that information is so different than what the information teams have. It's so different. But we're not, we can't compare it because we, we never had that access to what the teams had. So that, that's why it's always going to be an easy myth to perpetuate that all the draft picks were wrong or their reaches. And that's not saying, hey, we could look back at this draft in two years and be like, yeah, that was a bad draft. Um, but back to, back to your point, Joe, you were saying you know, about Kuiper and stuff and, and what you were saying about um, Shaq, about is it RP Views mm-hmm. 3 or whatever his name is. Um, all those players being hits then, and we don't even know who they are now. They also graded, here's the media pretzel for you guys. They graded the 2019 Patriots draft as an A-plus draft. And now everybody in the Boston media says that is a terrible draft. So what is it? Are we believing Mel Kuyper knows exactly what he's talking about, yet he said 2019 draft was excellent that everyone disagrees with? So what is it? So it's just funny how people are just deciding to use his name to, to patent their narrative um, given all the stuff he's missed on or, or, or now is, is sort of contradictory to what the other narratives they want to pass along. And, and I think people right now on May 1st, the day after the draft um, need to know, like, it's okay to say, Hey, I don't know how this draft is going to turn out, but, but that, it's Sunday, May 1st, the draft ended yesterday. It's like people on Twitter, people in the sports media need to have a verdict on how the draft went for mm-hmm. each, each team. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Hey, let's talk about it in five months. When, when Cole strange is your starting, your starting left guard or starting right guard, or even playing center or left tackle. We don't talk about his versatility enough and how much Belichick will appreciate that. If, and when maybe Trent Brown goes down with a bad calf or God forbid, something else happens on the offensive line. It's just, I think he's a plug and play replacement of Ted Karras, much cheaper. Um, Obviously, we have him locked up for five years, but again, I won't dive too much into into Cole Strange right now. I'm just saying it's okay for as a fan to say, hey, I don't know. I don't know, and I'm not going to pretend that I know that I'm going to be fake pissed because we didn't take John Mechie in round one. I'm just – I'm not going to do it. Joe, it's too- we've, Joe, we've already made the decisions. According to some people, this draft <laughs> sucks. These players they're suck. They're already and- bust. They're already they they haven't they haven't even – It's a fact. Bill can't draft. He's cheap and he can't draft. And, Act and, and, not opinion. And, and, and it's already <laughs> done. And These Bill, are you made, Bill, you made a great point earlier about, about reach. And I made this analogy in, in the, in the uh, chat thread about reach. And don't you have to reach to get the guy you really want, to get the thing you really want? You know, if there's a toy on the top of the shelf and I, I, there's no, there's no uh, one of those annoying helpers from the store there to you know, they're busy helping some elderly person. And I really want this. It's the only one there. And I have to reach to get it. Don't you think I'm going to try to reach and get it? Why is reach all, all of a sudden a negative connotation? And I don't, I, and it only, it only applies to drafts. And th- it's, it's all about value. It's all yeah. about value and that is derived from somebody. We're, we're putting value scores and prices on stuff that comes 
out of like some blogger from, you know, PFF or ESPN made up some system to say, oh, you're this many off where I put them. So that's what makes it a reach. There's no <laughs> universal system for this. There isn't. And the only universal system that exists are the guys doing the drafting. <laughs> They're the only ones that know. And we'll know for sure, like two to three years down the line, we'll know. Right. It, it, it's just, you're, you're, what are you going at? There's no scripture for this. There's no canon. Like it, we, it's not canon until they actually start playing and we see for ourselves. Like you can, I mean, it, we just live in the day and age. The other thing is like to, to what Joe was saying, this, this made me think like, you no know how patience. people on Twitter, people on Twitter, especially are just like, Oh, that player's trash. That player, that player's the goat. Like it's like this absolute one end of the spectrum or not like this draft right. may not be bad. It may not be good. It may be okay. In a couple of years, we may say Cole strange is great. And uh, Marcus Jones. Marcus Jones is, you know, a great start and, and other guys are sort of average, whatever, like, and that's just all hypothetical. I'm just saying, just to say this is just, it, it's what Twitter gets off on is like these knee jerk, you know, whether it's hot takes or it's like, you know, people love to say like, well, don't lie. He's, he's telling the truth. Like Brian Phillips was saying, like, I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> okay. Like everyone has a bias here. Everyone has a narrative, things. you know, and, and especially those guys who are trying to get real jobs <laughs> they're they're like hey look at me like i could be negative too like don't you want to hire me in 98.5 or uh sinking wei like you know that that's what a lot of this is it's like especially our market it's like how does anyone not realize our market's thing is knowing the anger and um you know frustration is really what drives ratings for them and and no one has decided to be a positive outlook other than mike reese who's still pretty neutral like you know it's just no one's decided to be positive about anything and everyone that is positive you're a hunk you're a homer right so it's and you can't win no and it's it's sort of there's there's an easy way to logic this um when you're talking about the drafts and all all of the components as i mentioned earlier it's a bad business decision to go against your own draft but when i'm looking at it i'm looking at do i believe that the game has passed Bill Belichick by when Bill Belichick just led a rookie quarterback to a playoff appearance, which is a rarity in the NFL. Or do I believe that the game has passed Mel Kuyper by? And which one am I going to believe when I'm looking at a draft result? I've got a lot of evidence that tells me that Mel Kuyper is historically wrong frequently. Saw something on Twitter about the draft that um, brought the Seahawks Wagner and Wilson. Um, and he was like, Oh, this is a terrible draft. Wilson doesn't match. That might be the worst pick in the draft. He called drafting Russell Wilson, the worst pick in the draft. Some of his top rated drafts have been historically terrible drafts. The best pick for the Colts a couple of years ago was Paris Campbell. Who's <laughs> a serviceable wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. Like the, I don't oh, mean yeah. to disrespect players. When I say this, yeah. you know, players work their ass off, but, he Paris said Richard Campbell. Sherman. He said Richard Sherman was an average fifth rounder. He didn't see anything special about right. that pick. Yeah, there, right. he, he has a plot to Bill's point. There's a there's a website actually dedicated, I think, to this. Like if you Google it, it's like Mel Kiper's worst draft picks or something like that. And there's so many that right. he he and again to what Bill's saying, he's just mad that he didn't have them that right. he didn't know. 
and that's the thing. There's all these amalgamations now, and they all become groupthink over time because they don't want to be competing and have one be wrong and weed each other out. It's good to have this environment where like ESPN has all their local experts pick, and then Kuiper has a list, and McShay has a list, and they're slightly different, but not really. And then PFF has their list, and they're rating on a few things. So they have a few people that might be unique, but mostly are aligned with that. And if you're not on that groupthink radar, then you're going to look like the joke, the outlier, what have you. And that's going to be, again, bad for business. No one is sitting here and saying that we know for sure the Patriots draft was good, great, bad, terrible, awesome, whatever. What we are saying is that the teams, the 32 teams, and I, Dan, I loved your analogy about the GPS. The 32 NFL teams had GPS. We were, star, we were trying to star map. We were trying to use the you know, guide with a compass and the stars our way to finding what the draft picks were going to be. It's that different, the tools, resources, and knowledge that the NFL teams have, as opposed to these experts out in the field. And so that's, I, I just can't say enough that if I'm going to be going between did Mel Kuyper lose the game or did Bill Belichick lose the game, I'm going to say Mel Kuyper is, you know, going to be wrong more often than Bill Belichick is. I'm sorry that if that seems like a hot take to you, I think that's a you problem. I, I, I just want to finish the uh, Cole Strange discussion uh, with the other clip that came out. Um, this one was posted from Mike Reese uh, from Friday night, which, by the way, you know, all, the, the laughing clip from McVeigh came out immediately, almost almost immediately when it was uh, announced. But this clip came out Friday night. Um, this was 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan, who was talking about Cole Strange as first round caliber. And he's talking about Strange's situation as an example of how media-based perceptions don't always match a team's reality. So here we go. The hardest thing for us is when you, know, you ask the question, like, where do you think they're going or if you think you overwent? I mean, everyone understands everyone ranks guys, and there's a perception of when everyone's going to go. But the reality of when someone's going to go is when someone picks them. And you don't know that until it happens. Um, I mean, you see it all over when people freak out and stuff. But you know, a lot of these guys are really good players. I saw that with New England in the surprise me at all or us surprise you based off a of perception you knew everyone in the world was saying there was no way but everyone watched that tape they're like but he looks like a first rounder who's going to pull the trigger and you never know when that one person is because you're hoping the other 32 teams are saying no we've all read this he's not going till the third round well that's why someone takes him in the second round because he looks like a second rounder or he looks like a first rounder and we all try to figure that out too but it only takes one team and that's why you you don't want to mess around and be too cute with it and see when that when that comes out, apparently now Shanahan got a call from Bill Belichick, or Belichick called him and told him to tell him told him to say that. So it's it, it's all just yeah. confirmation. Just like Mac, speak. just like Mac Jones was was one of their top QBs last year. Bill called him to to say that to make the picks seem better. Yep, same thing. So if they called, does that mean Jimmy G's finally coming home? I think that's <laughs> think that's what that means. We're going to trade for Jimmy G. I don't know. The, we have Mark Bertrand on the line. <laughs> he, he's, still, he's still he's still doing awaken 180 or maybe it's 360 now i don't know he was the first one that, that failed the program. <laughs> he's the first one that they're just like no just just stop just yeah. i actually hadn't heard that shanahan clip and that that's that, that's remarkable and it's actually pretty telling for for what we see on our on our twitter timelines and in, in boston sports media that I, I didn't see that and i like to think i follow um a crap ton of accounts uh, the majority of them being crap um but 
but yeah, I, it's it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. I, I hadn't seen that, and I spend probably too much time on Twitter. So, no, that's a that must have been a doctored doctored file you use, Shaq, because clearly that can't be true. That clear that cannot yeah. be true. Let's just let's just tell him now. That was actually me and Bill um, <laughs> spent like an hour putting that together. I, I do a dynamite Shanahan. I, I, it's just one of those things. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah oh, the, the the fan reaction to Mike Reese posting that was an all-timer this morning where he said, Mike, this is a new low. This is a new low, Mike. You <laughs> are trying to cover up for Bill. It's like, wow, your your brain is like molded with lead. It's so eaten from sports radio that you think Mike Reese was sent that from Bel- Belichick and the craft. Be like, hey, uh, when you have a second, can you post this to show we know what we're talking about? And we put it in a call to Shanahan's videotape like Like what do people think you know what this calls for the uh, the landing on the moon was fake too this calls for um you know uh like i'm I'm just thinking about like what doing like a a patriots version of alex jones but that's really just felgren maz so it's kind of like not worth doing (laughs) i almost feel like that's adam jones more so than i was gonna say yeah adam adam jones is the new info wars of 98.5 if you haven't seen he (laughs) he is he is now openly rooting. I mean, I, I know they do it in jest a lot of the time, like Tony Maserati wears the football helmet of the team he picks to like usually the other team on when they're doing the picks for the playoff games to get fans riled up. Like he that, That's his thing. But Adam Jones now is fully committed to the bit that, you know, he wears a Nets hat during the Celtics series and then said Nets in six or seven, I forget. And then got, they got swept. So, I mean, He's just fully committed to the fuck bit. Fuck you, Kyrie. He's, but he's yeah. Fuck you, Kyrie. Second. Um, he's uh, fourth. Yeah, four. <laughs> four. Fuck you, Kyrie's. Um, my dad was a logo artist for years, and you desecrated his legacy by stomping on that. Um, no, but but Adam Adam Jones is now just like that's his bit is just being like full Tony Maserati, like sort of like the Robert Downey Jr. Tropic Thunder. Never never go full. Tony Maserati, because now now you're stuck as a clown with that gimmick. And people emulate his personality. They take it on thinking it's just like this cool persona. Like, no, you're just a dick. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's every unathletic troll wants to be Adam Jones. There's nothing yeah. wrong with, with rooting for your sports teams. There's nothing wrong with it. Sports are so inconsequential in the real world. What, what is the problem with being positive about them? It's I'm not cool sorry. to hate your sports teams. I'm sorry Adam Jones was picked last in everything throughout his life. And this is his giant revenge. It's like revenge of the nerds. It's like revenge of the skeletons with, with Adam Jones. Like he's, he's getting back at everybody um, by hating on your teams and, and people buying into it. Yeah. It's, you know, everyone with your bingo card, it's not quite, it's not quite describe a gift, but it's describe a SpongeBob moment. It's the guy with, I have glass bones and every day I walk down the <laughs> stairs and my legs break. And I, then I, I go to make food and my arms shatter. And that's Adam Jones. That's Adam Jones. He sits in front of a microphone all day because he's made of glass and is a sad, pathetic little man. And people sweats, think that it's he sweats cool. Dust. Yeah. He, I, I'm not like he might not even sweat dust. Dust might be too heavy for him. It, it it might just be like steam that comes off of his body. I don't quite know how that would work. Um, but my God, what a pathetic little troll that man is. And but who's worse though, Adam Jones or BJ Dean? Oh God, I, because because and what's what's even 
Matt, well, not maddening, but what's even more curious is that he tries so hard to be Adam Jones, but nobody pays attention to him. <laughs> nobody, no. anytime he's at least no. Adam Jones is good at it's, it. It's, it's DJ beats not. It's crickets. <laughs> no, nothing no he one says gets any gets gets the needle pushing and it's it, no one it's, knows like no one knows who he is it's hilarious like, no one, to me <laughs> if if no one if if someone like came up to me and was just like who's dj bean i'd have to think about it for a long time for it to register in my brain at least with adam jones it's like he gets radio time he he rides the coattails of and Maz. so people so people somewhat know who he is at this point it's like DJ Bean's like just kind of floating there somewhere on like NBC Sports it, Boston and like doing weird like EPs that he he's creating in his, his apartment. Vineyard, Vineyard Nights. It's so funny. My my sister listens to the brunch podcast. I think it's a pop culture one. I'm not really I'm not really too versed in it, but I she was like, oh, I listen to brunch, and I'm like, oh God, DJ Bean, that guy sucks. I hate him oh. in sports media. She goes, he does sports media? And that's just like, that's it. It's perfect. It, it's like, I didn't perfect. know he was a Boston yeah. sports guy. Here's the difference between Adam Jones and Bean. Jones is... 100 pounds. Uh, well, yeah, besides 100 pounds. <laughs> besides, if they were on a seesaw, one would be on the ground and one would be way up there, maybe launched into the sun. Um, but Adam Jones is... And this is my second Johnny Depp reference today. Apparently, I'm on a Johnny Depp binge. Is Captain Jack Sparrow. He might be the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But I've heard of him. Bean, no one's heard of. He he he's irrelevant. He is the worst thing you can be in media. He is absolutely irrelevant, regardless of what he tries to pull. Where can Adam go, Jones? Can we go full bingo card and, and make an Amber Heard joke? No, just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's 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 in Boston sports media purgatory. He's he's stuck there forever. There's nothing worse than being in purgatory in any field. It, like we all know this, there's nothing worse in any career than feeling like you're just sort of stuck where you are. And Bean is desperately trying to get out, but has absolutely no traction. Where Adam Jones, I might hate him. I've heard of him though. He'll have a career for a while because he'll bounce around. If he gets booted off a ninety-eight-five, he'll find a you know a weekend gig on one of the national medias, or he'll find a weekday gig in another city. Like he'll have a career because he's made an identity that people recognize. D- I think D- we should. They were all got to no. get together. I think we should have DJ Bean on the podcast, but just like Amber Heard, I don't want it to shit the bed. <laughs> that was good. That was sitting there. That was. I good. was waiting. I was waiting for it. The 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 odds <laughs> that somebody would think that Bean was one of us talking would be really high. I don't. People wouldn't recognize his voice. They just I think it was someone. DJ Bean. I don't know if people yeah, do that, but I am DJ Bean. Yeah, I have yeah. I have just all the same thoughts as DJ Bean. I mean, yeah, we yeah. both like we both like the band Heim. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna go tweet something really, really stupid and get you, you really also hard. like the, you also like the rev- cosplay of the revolu- being a revolution fan. I don't, I don't know. If, I love wearing <laughs> scarves. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't love a good scarf? <laughs> I won't, yeah. I won't stand for any revolution slander, but I'll stand for DJ. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, the rev, the revs are. are, are no, to we like this, this discussion. It's all about the scarf. That, that's I can't yeah. get that out of my head. I'm just um, gonna play I, some video nights for you. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I just love. I just love being contrarian. That's so edgy. Just yeah, like it, whatever, like the right thing is to say. I want to say the opposite, and then have everyone agree with me. That's ah, really you like cool. your sports team. Allow me to tell you why that's a terrible thing, and you should go kill yourself. 
<laughs> as like, I've thought about many times. <laughs> like that's that's what we've gotten to at this point. Is like you can't like you're subhuman to some of these people. Like if you like your team. sports teams is is equivalent to Timothy McVeigh or you know uh, the Unabomber. It's 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 a it's a crime against humanity to right. like your favorite team. Yeah, much much like they say the player when they're talking about a player they want to trash and make subhuman. They also do the same when they're like, oh, it's the honks and the bobos and they're wearing the, you know, the green teamers. Right. They're not name. They're not saying, you know, general terms, any human uses. Oh, that right. stuff. So if we can, we can kind of bridge this to another uh, Boston media clown, uh, Jim Murray, who I saw. Someone had to send me a screenshot because I'm blocked by that big fat softy. I am. T- I am. Um, welcome to the club. Me too. As we Cheers. all are. Yes. He's very, he's, he's got paper paper mache skin um so it was like uh after they passed on mcduffie he said i hope this guy goes on to be like a 10-time pro bowler or something mm-hmm. like that because that's that's how much he he's and this is what my tweet was about it was like how bad is it we're in a market where everybody is rooting for everybody to fail like it's, it's the most miserable, miserable it's terrible like why would you want to do that it's it's just like you have to hate yourself. That takes a some, lot of energy too. To it's be a negative. lot of energy. Yeah, like, I'm tired I, just thinking about it. Like, I complain to like I hear my dad complain about these teams. That's enough. Like, I don't need to then like, <laughs> hear like my. It's basically my dad is like I don't know if you guys have ever seen. Here's here's a bingo card. This is a good one. Uh, you know the newest Suicide Squad movie where one of the guys just sees his mother as everybody yeah. all the time. That's like my dad with these sports takes is all I see is my dad everywhere. It's like, why he lives in South Carolina. Why is he, why is he there? It's one of those things where it's like, I think my, th- my big theory is uh, to how we got here with sports media is that the media outlets thought if they could be the first to predict the fall of the golden age of Boston sports, that they would be seen as the knowledgeable experts moving forward and would win the media share of the day. However, it's lasted so fucking long <laughs> that they've lost all pretense and are like, we're too deep in this now. We're all way yeah. too deep in this now. We've made an idea. We just have to roll with this. There's no other way we can go. We have to be negative. There's no choice. Oh, they're, they've dug so far in the trenches. They're, they're, they're like, it's like if we were walking along and then we looked down and we saw like a, a hundred foot hole and they're all down there like, hey, it's only up from here, baby. Like, you know, keep... put, yeah. The people who have been saying positive things about the about the Patriots, about the rest of the Boston sports teams over the last fifteen years, are like putting the you know put the lotion in the basket in the, the sports media at this point. They're down in the ditch. They're they're dug way deep because they tried to be first. That's the whole. This is the whole yeah. ire here is both trying to be contrarian to be first, but now they're so mad that being contrarian didn't work that they actually hate the teams because they're like, why, why would you make us look so fucking stupid? And they're <laughs> mad now. They're mad, and now we're getting not only the contrarian but the hate. They're straight up hate, and that's what like Adam Jones is bringing to the table with like wearing the Nets hat, and that's the you know the noise that Felger makes when he's going to talk about the fans, which I think was actually you know now, now you all know that I could do a really good you know Shanahan. There's my there's my Felger impression. Wow, thought he was in the room, right? I was with a um, <laughs> I was with a friend of mine who actually lives in Tennessee, but he's from Michigan, and. We were we were hanging out down in New Orleans a few weeks ago, and I mean I might have been 
fueled by a few adult beverages. Um, but I, I was just trying to explain to him like the climate of Boston sports media. And he was like, you are getting so worked up. And I'm like, you don't, you don't get it. It's awful. It's, it's fucking hell. And he's like, he's like, no, you guys are like a really good, you've had like a really good like life with sports. And I'm like, we have, we have, thank you. We have, yeah. it's okay to like that. Somebody will he's say like, it. I, he's like, I will not here. bring it up ever again. He's like, I will not bring up Boston sports radio well, just, ever again. Just like Shaq, just like Shaq has said before, if you go to any other media market and you were to turn on the local radio, you would think you're on another planet with how they enjoy talking about their team they enjoy talking it about like us and and like here it's like we live in like an alternate universe where everything is bad or there's a negative spin to anything just to keep people unhappy and then when you talk to someone from somewhere else you sound like a crazy person you and sound it's not, and it's not like even you like you're aliens talk, it's not even like you're talking it, it's it's when like in atlanta like because i have a lot of family in atlanta it's not that they're talking negative about the teams that's that there's giving fans information and that's i think I, well, that's what we want right we don't want mm-hmm. you know to be constantly uh, beat upon uh, over the head that everything is bad just give us the information we're smart enough that we can assimilate it in the best way we know how and that's it just give it to us give it to us and that's it don't insult us don't insult our intelligence i think that's that's all we want um i, I just want to go really because we we really went went on a tangent there i really want to uh talk about the rest of the picks real quick um it's uh we're going to be keeping up with the joneses joneses obviously because um we've got two defensive backs named uh, with the last name of jones marcus jones and jack jones um by the way andrew callahan thinks that marcus marcus houston um from uh roger from sister sister is is uh the uh, defensive back but that's not true uh, i mean they for- said it was an old draft <laughs> so, oh, oh Jack, right. and, yes. and that, that's, Marcus, that's Houston, another thing. Oh, go ahead. Mar- Marcus Houston and Jack Arizona State is is actually his real name. <laughs> it, what's, it, it right, and all these players are twenty four and twenty three and twenty two. But I mean, they you might as well be calling life alert for them, right? Like they're all gonna they're all gonna have a heart attack. They, the, they've fallen. I've been drafted and I can't get up. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they all need to wear depends. Just like the fans. Oh, and and then they draft a Pierre Strong, a running back, which you know, obviously, the, the, why are you drafting a running back? Because you know they already have twenty five thousand of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, that, this, no, this is what you're hearing from these people, yep. and, Still and then, having good running backs. And then Bailey Zap, quarterback. What does this say about Mac Jones? Obviously, it says that he sucks, and Bailey Zap will be starting this season. So not every funny, like, shake people have has to be so polarizing. It's like every every pick is like end of the world or greatest thing ever. There's never any middle. Exactly. It's, it's all yep. abs- it's all absolutes. And 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 Shaq to that point about the QB stuff, that was all like what we thought the media would say. And all the usual suspects didn't really fall for it because they knew it would have looked too desperate. But of course, Warren Sharp of all people actually <laughs> tweeted that to say it's a problem it, i'd be concerned because they drafted him and just totally ignoring how bill belichick has drafted qbs multiple times many 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 times over kevin o'connell matt gutierrez yes. i Rohan mean this goes on and on ryan mallet remember ryan mallet was going to challenge brady oh yeah Jimmy he's got a, he's got a cannon of an arm <laughs> laser laser rocket arm 
Ryan. And like, yeah. I liked Ryan Mallett. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> he, you know, it's he, you know, he had a good career as a backup QB. That's what he was. And like, if if Zap plays out, then you know, you hope that he plays really well in practice, preseason games, etc. And over the next couple of years, and then you trade him for a draft asset that's higher than where you got him initially. Uh, you hope that both guys play really well, but what he does in the interim is he allows you to cut a player like a Jarrett Stidham, who's going to be owed a little bit more money than, than Zap would this year. And you build a quarterback room where the guys are developing together along with a veteran like Hoyer, who I think is I, I, like, I would not think this jeopardizes Hoyer's status, status on the roster. Cause I think he's just so valuable from the player development standpoint. He's almost a player coach at this stage in the game. Um, but that's, that's just great development across the board. I, I, there's no reason you should dislike that pick. And, and, Going off on that, too, I believe um, Zappi had the highest Wonderlick score in the entire draft. So you know, mm-hmm. they're building an incredibly strong, uh, well-rounded quarterback room. Um, I, I consider Brian Hoyer more of a QB coach, mm-hmm. offensive assistant. I think Bill does, too. Um, having Zappi, who's built like Mac Jones, um, they're gonna, they're, that quarterback room is just going to be a brain trust of, of, of helping Mac develop and read defenses and, and doing things that are integral parts to his success moving forward. So, I mean, that pick is... That's a good pick. I like that pick. Um, right. I like the wide receiver they got, even though his wrists are so small, they're smaller than Adam Jones's. It's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, last thing I'd say about the, the quarterback pick to is Appy is if they bring, you know, if he developed and somehow was better than Mac Jones, why would that be a bad thing? They're, they're looking to draft the best team. Right. I, yep. Like, do I think he's going to push Mac Jones? No. But did anybody think that, um, God, it was Flynn from the Packers. Did anybody think that Russell Wilson was going to pass Flynn? No. And then look what happened. Like, so if you bring talented people on, crazy things can happen. But Mac Jones shouldn't be threatened because they drafted a quarterback. He should try to play his best. And Bill Belichick is going to do what he always does and make the best decisions for the team. That's it. If you're threatened by other people on the roster, I can't help you. You're a weak mentality player. No. Yeah. And it should just make Mac Jones even better to have that mm-hmm. around him. But you're, you guys are missing the point. You have to go another level of thinking here about why Mac Jones is being questioned, which is they drafted a lot of players that throw passing touchdowns. So I think yes. they're really concerned. I mean, Pierre, Pierre Strong had nine, was it nine for nine, 208 yards with six passing touchdowns? That screams replacing Mac, if mm-hmm. you're asking me. Just, just yeah. put it in perspective a year ago, right now. May 1st, 2021, we thought Cam Newton was the starter. We, we didn't, we were, we were unsure of what Mac Jones would be. We didn't know that Ramondre Stevenson would get a shit ton of carries. We, 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 we were accepting that it was the beginning of a massive rebuild, right? We were, we were expecting seven and 10, six and 11. And we were, we were honestly okay with that. I was at least thinking that like, Hey, we got a rookie quarterback that we can build around. And a year later, they're, coming off a playoff berth 10 and seven and up until week 15 mac jones was the the rookie of the year favorite before jamar chase went on that crazy crazy run at the end of the year so it's just it's another another time to look and like hey let's look at let's look at the big picture let's look at perspective 365 days ago right right now we were certain that can't be the starter certain about it and now we have a franchise quarterback and we can't just react to drafting a quarterback and say that he's going to take over we we were certain we were certain from Brian Phillips that we were going to give Cam the bag. I mean, we were going to, we were going to build around, you got to build around Cam Newton. Build around Cam. 
It's crazy. It's just every day. He's never it's, got it's any something weapons in his life. <laughs> right. God, this, and, this, this region needs a big deep breath. And I feel terrible for Cam Newton in these situations because we're like, I'm not really mocking Cam when I say that. He's been a hell of a player for a long time. Oh, I but, am. But Cam, like, I feel bad that like the amount of hate that's gone on because like people say we're going to give him the bag, like, and the people that came out of the woodwork after Mac was a starter and was like, oh, well, that's Boston, you know, all of that stuff that yeah. cropped up. It's like, like that's not on Cam Newton, and he got, you know, he got blood sewed. He got, you know, he was a, a, a serviceable starter, and they had a younger option with higher upside behind. And they took that move and that's how most teams operate. So, you know, it's, I, I just, I hate when, you know, I hate that it spills into that and don't get me started. There's some things I don't like about Cam, but I, I don't think he deserves the heat he gets in those moments. Um, it's much more on like the Brian Phillips of the world saying he's going to get that bag and the people that were like, Oh, why did the Patriots cut him and not give him a chance when they never say anything about how like, you know, Carolina cut him. The other thirty-one, the other thirty teams didn't give him a chance. You know, all that fun stuff. Not to make and it wasn't. Cam it Newton was also. Tangent. It was also oh. Brian Phillips. He was pandering and trying to get Carolina fans to follow him to build up his followership. Like Correct. that's that's what it is. It, it's he's he's playing them like fiddles, and then they believe it. And I still have, you know, probably up until a month ago, I still had Panthers fans in my mentions saying why Cam Newton. Like this is this big conspiracy theory. Why. He was set up to fail in that season. It's like, oh, good God, just let it go, man. Like, let's hey, listen, move on. Listen, Cam's somewhere, month. somewhere, all the king's horses and all the king's men are trying to put Brian Burns's ankle back together again oh, after Mac Jones's, you know, assault on his humanity. Assassin. Yeah, he, he has. Yeah, you know, it, you know, just took took him out from the grassy knoll and you know shattered Sug. that ankle. Terrible. You know, so the the ire from Panthers fans is 100% deserved with such a, um, but it, you know, he should be charged with attempted murder. So, you know, I, we have to keep that in mind. And that might be what, you know what, that's probably why they drafted Zappi. Yeah, Mac, Mac might be on the hook for murder. You, you know what, Bill, Correct. I am going to blame Cam Newton because for, for, for this, I'm going to blame him for going on YouTube or whatever and talking, talking all that mess after he got cut and trying to Valid. you know sugar sugarcoat his 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 part of things so that's where i blame him for but um no and oh, he deserves heat for that he deserves yeah. heat for that yeah and, but yeah, he also shut his mouth yeah but also um I, you guys want to know my favorite draft pick um for this draft it's sam roberts and if you and if you go on um and this has nothing to do with him as a player it's just that He's a diehard Patriots fan, and he's just like us. And if you go on his Twitter account, he's talking crap to the Chiefs, to Chiefs fans, and that's won me over. I don't, I don't care what yeah. how he does, I don't care what he does. I'm rooting for. And his him favorite player was uh, Vince Wilfork, so he said he molded, he wants to mold game after him. And, so right, he's a defensive can't, lineman. Can't not love him. I, he's he's hey, he, went, he went to school in Northwest Missouri, and he's triggering Chiefs fans, and he's a diehard Celtics fan. This guy's a this guy's a honk like me. I love it. I, yep, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. So can, uh, can I, can I just, I, I don't mean to just derail us, but you know, Mittens put out something. I feel like we have to loop back after his weekend of like straight up trolling an hour ago, he posts a picture of a sign at a legal, little league stadium with the caption, love this. And it says, please remember these are kids. Coaches are volunteers. Umpires are human. You do not play for the Red Sox. And that it's that, that you do so not play true. for the Red Sox. I'm like, and Mel Kiper does not draft for the Patriots. 
and you do not work for the Patriots. None of you work for the for the league teams. Like no, he works for no, he works for the Red Sox. He works for John. Uh, yeah, he does. And, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. He does work. The, so you know what? He does campaign. work for the Red Sox. Yeah, and you know, uh, no, again, not to derail, but um, let's talk. You know, let's at some point talk about Maz. All of a sudden, getting a little oh bit softer on the Red Sox. A little bit softer on the Red Sox now that he's getting that fat Nesson paycheck. Have you heard more him on there? The pay- oh, 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 pines. You know, opines about how much he loves the Red Sox now. It, it's incredible the turnaround that all of a sudden the Patriot the Patriots are more devilish than ever and more tragic than ever. And the Red Sox are just this wonderful divine franchise. Well, LeBron's paying that check now, so he's got to smear the Patriots. The, Red, the owner <laughs> right. of the Red Sox, and- LeBron. I, you know what? And I can't wait for a basketball season when, you know, in a season where LeBron is relevant again, unlike this season, um, to see if if Maz will speak ill of the person cutting his checks. Yeah. should That should I be know. interesting as well. But clearly he's not going to talk ill of the Red Sox anymore to a large extent. And if he's going to leave that to Felder, I feel like he's going to pass that I, right off. I feel like I should end the podcast playing uh, the Cosby Show theme song. Right, Tom Werner? Just saying. <laughs> Um, oh God! <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I feel like that's a conflict of interest for Tony Maserati. Like it can't... sure is. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's not a conflict of interest when it you know lines their pockets. I feel like he I will should say, be though. Like they should be like treat him like Fred Toucher when Fred Toucher does interviews with teams that he gets angry about, so he's not allowed to be a part of the the interview. They should do the same that thing with Maz. Fred Toucher's such an asshole. He's such an guy. idiot. He's, mm-hmm. well, he's a Detroit, New York fan, which is like the worst fan. Um, and he gets – the limited times I've listened to him, when he talks about Mac Jones, he gets very upset. Like he gets so upset that he's going to be good. It, it goes into the whole thing that we've talked about for months about fans getting triggered that another QB was drafted by the Patriots that might be really good. It doesn't mean he's going to be Brady, but if he might be really good, it's just so frustrating that – it's, I wouldn't say it's easy, but it happened pretty quickly that they were able to find another one. And I think it just, it, not just to a regular fan, but even the own media, it just pisses them off so much. And I love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So uh, I, I think that's, that's going to do for the draft. I mean, uh, we, again, we don't know about any of these players. I just hope that they they're all great and that, <laughs> and that the, the media is looking with eggs on their face towards uh, when we when we do this 365 days from now in 2023. Yep. So uh, final thoughts time. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I, we didn't plan anything before the show. I told then we were just gonna uh, do it straight. So I think we've had a, a great time so far. But uh, Bill, you go first with your final thoughts. All right. First off, you know, the tip off of the Celtics is in 40 minutes. So big go Celts. They're hitting the second round. We all know, as I've said all over Twitter, that my basketball knowledge is subpar to almost any other of the four major sports. So I'm not going to go into matchups on that. My takes back to the Patriots and it's back to looking at like at where they stand now, not only for this season, but the development of this team over the next couple of years, because I'm hearing a lot of they needed they need impact players now is the goal of this team to develop over the next few years to be a consistent contender, or is the goal to be a Super Bowl contender this year? The goal is to develop over the next few years. And so looking ahead to 2023, they're currently signing this draft class, signing the next draft class, 
they will have $60 million in cap space and have players, including Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, the two drafted running backs and James White, Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, uh, Thornton, Montgomery, Henry, Smith, Trent Brown, Andrews, Strange, Unwayne U, Barmore, Judon, Uche, McGron, Mills, Bethel, Phillips, Duggar under contract. They have about 45 players under contract, plus another incoming draft class, plus any of the undrafted free agents that stick. They are going to have a pretty set roster where they can spend that $60 million in cap space on impact players. And where they're going to look for those impact players is based on who develops over the next year. And so I think the big key to look at this is this is not the the Patriots win this year or they're doomed. I'm seeing a lot of legacy year for Belichick, you know, huge year for Mac in Mac's development. It's a huge year, but Belichick's goal isn't to win the Super Bowl this year and have a bad roster after that. His goal is to assemble a team that can contend for multiple seasons and he's doing so. And they're set up in 2023 to take another big step forward after seeing what the development of this team is. Right. You know, we're not going to predict what schedule, what records and schedules look like on May 1st. It's foolish to do so. They're going to be a more cohesive team. Players should be able to take steps up this year. And looking ahead to 2023, the team is on a very clear upward trajectory over the next several years. And for Patriots fans, we should be really excited. So my thought is, you know, be excited about this upcoming season, but also be excited about the long path of where we're going, because there's a lot of opportunity to get some excellent players in here, develop some great talent, and have a team that can contend for multiple years, 2023 and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, there's a whole lot to look forward to. And if you're not looking forward to it, then I don't know, play, play chess or something, do, do something <laughs> more productive. You must listen to Adam Jones. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Joe, what's your uh, final thought? So, yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to regurgitate a lot of what Bill just said, but I, I, it's been a theme that I've been saying all day. It's all about it's all about perspective and and taking it one day at a time. And I think that is so hard today in the in the climate that sports media has made um, with the shows like First Take and uh, what. Cowherd and, and all those guys, I think it's just come natural for everyone to have a done final opinion on everything. Um, I, I have a coworker who's like that, and I'm sure he won't be listening to this podcast. But uh, when I used to be in the cubicle next to him, he, he would he would just have these like these certain absolute opinions on absolutely every piece of news, and he would get so mad at me. He's like, "Well, what do you think?" And I go, "Well, I don't know yet." I, I don't have an answer for you. I will when, when it happens. He's like, oh, yeah, how can you do that? You have to, if you had to pick one, I'm like, well, I'm not going to pick one because I don't have to. It's just with this Patriots draft, like they, I, it could be all bust. They could be all great. We don't know. And I'm not going to pretend like I do. I, I just, it's this, there's, there's so many people who, who, who think they have the answers. Um, and if there's one person who I do think has the answers, it's Bill Belichick. And maybe that makes me sound like a hawk, but I, I'm just so grateful that he does not give a flying fuck about your opinion or anyone else's besides his and maybe the best, best interest of the team. He's, he's, he's dedicated and committed to making the right choice in his mind. And I don't think he ever panders or, or makes decisions based off reaction from the media. And I'm just really grateful for that because there's obviously a lot of executives and coaches who do do that. 
and they're puppets of the media and 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 whatnot. I, I think the most famous example of that is when Breer, after the Monday night Kansas City game in 2013, 14, 2014, when we lost, it was 41 to 14 on Monday night football. And he asked uh, Belichick any thoughts of, of going to Garoppolo next week. And Bill just scoffed and laughed. And he said, you, you dumb motherfucker, shut up. What are you doing? That's not Jesus even a question. Christ. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Like, what are we doing? And then Brady the next week went out and, and on to Cincinnati and won a Super Bowl that year. It's just, it's just not everything needs to be so absolute in every moment. It's like, God, I don't know. You could tell I'm exhausted with, with the week in the draft that we've had. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to a Celtics win starting in about a half hour. Um, I'm looking forward to Adam Jones in the tears when, when we beat the Bucks and, and beating Felger's team. I'm looking forward to the Bruins this week too. Uh, game one against the Hurricanes. Um, it's a good week. It's a good time to be a Boston sports fan, as it always is, because you know what? It's the best sports city in America, and <laughs> people around here don't appreciate it enough. So thanks for having me on today, guys. Who's got it better than us? Nobody. Uh, San Francisco, you don't either. Um, Dan, how about you? What's your final thought? So I agree with what everyone said. Uh, appreciate a lot of those thoughts and go Celtics. Um, I, I will say, like, I don't know if, you know, a lot of the picks are going to be great or be bad. Like everyone said, you got to wait and see. Um, I will say, you know, as a big O-lineman, D-lineman fan, um, I think my favorite under-the-radar pick by the Patriots was their seventh rounder, actually, which was Andrew Stuber. Um, And I know I did a lot of digging after because I didn't have him on my radar. Surprise, surprise, like most people didn't. Um, But the guy is 6'7", 340 pounds. it was tweeted by Boston media back in February during the senior bowl that he gave big Michael Unwenu vibes uh, down in mobile Alabama, um, powerful athletic and consistent with versatility at both tackle and guard. Uh, he was a standout on senior bowl week. So that right there, it, it you know, if that's a guy you're going to just develop and you've already have like your replacement there for, Trent Brown or Isaiah Wynn um, down the road. I don't know how long it will take, but he, he started 20 games at tackle for Michigan, who has been a pretty legit football program. If, if you haven't heard. So I have, I love that pick as a seventh rounder too. And a lot of people did say it was amazing that they fell to the seventh rounder and went to the, the Patriots. So um, I love O-lineman picks in the first round too. So I'm biased and I was not mad whatsoever. I was, I remember just like staring dazed when it came up that they had picked Cole strange, just that the only thing was like, Oh my God, they picked a guard. And I was, I was smitten and I, and I went to bed. after that. So I was probably the only not angry or confused uh, Pats fan per se uh, at that time. I went to bed very happy. So um, just keep drafting thick boys is all I'm going to say. So. Yeah, and quickly, my final thought is, um, and and this is actually uh, more of a, uh, I guess it's it's uh, all encompassing. It's Celtics and Patriots. Um, I love Jason Tatum, man. I love him so much, and this season has not only solidified that, but it's also solidified uh, how idiot, how how much of an idiot uh, that Dakota idiot from '985 is. Um, put more eyeliner on your face. I mean. You know, it makes you it makes you look like a, a fucking Adam Lambert Jr. Anyway, um, yeah. So 
the confidence these people have, not only to judge a staff that obviously is a hundred times more experienced than them and have more film than they will ever have on YouTube, but to, but the biggest problem I have is the players who are having their dreams realized just being reduced to guys who being called skinny suspects, cornerbacks and, uh, you know, nothing players. It, it's just insulting. And how dare you insult players who, who, who are having their dreams realized. And this goes back to Albert Breer when he was talking about Jack Jones and the quote unquote concerns that he had. This guy turns turned his life around over the past year and has, you know, he's been able to do things that have made a difference in his community. And now he's getting rewarded for that by being a Patriots draft pick. But Adam, but uh, I was about to say Adam Schefter, Albert Breer comes out and says, oh, well, this is terrible. Well, he's troubled. <laughs> yeah, you know from troubled, Mr. Menacing, go look him up on, on, on Google and you'll see his mugshot right there. But these players had 260 something players have their dreams realized. And that should be what matters, not whether they, oh, can they play? Da, da, da. Yeah, we'll find that out in the months and years to come. But right now, that should be what matters. If these, if these guys are having their dreams realized, they deserve to have that. And you shouldn't let these idiot media people ruin that for these people, for these kids. So uh, that's it for Entitled Weekend. If you want to email us, you can email us at Entitled Weekend. And yeah, it's, it's good to be back doing this because we, we took a while. Um, so until next time, turn off your radio slugs. <laughs>